Happy President's Day, Denver. In for Schlereth and Evans this morning, here's Matt Smith and John Davis. Do you hear that in the car, John? Did I hear what in the car? This song? No, when they said Matt Smith and John Davis in for Schlereth and Evans, somebody went, God damn it. Yes, yeah, yeah, somebody was. Another yeah. holiday, God and, and, we, and I get these two idiots yes. on my drive home. <laughs> drive to work. Or, dri- drive, oh, yeah, or, drive. or drive home. Okay, if you work the late shift, you're driving home I mean, right look, now. I mean, look, I've had a wild Sunday evening every now and again. I, it's been a while for me. <laughs> Matt Smith and John Davis in for Mark and Mike this morning. Boys will be back tomorrow. Thanks for locking in and joining in, as always, 6 a.m. Texture. As we know you will. On the Rumbleslaw.com text line, 303-713-1043. Got a few waiting for us already. We'll get to those in due time. We have to start off on this President's Day. I was thinking to myself this morning, if if allotted 60 seconds, how many presidents do you think you could name? In 60 seconds? In 60 seconds. Because I feel like if you gave me, you gave me like 10 minutes, I'd probably get... I'll probably get at least like forty-three. Maybe I'll miss a couple. What are what are we at forty-three? How many are we on? I believe this is forty-six. I think this is 40 th- forty-six. Oh yeah, it is. We've got forty-six. You're yes. right. You're right. Yeah. You think you could get forty-three? If you give me like ten minutes, I'm talking about in sixty seconds. Oh, in ten minutes. In sixty seconds, yeah. I could get you twenty. Only twenty? That's sixty seconds. So you're figuring two. But you figure? Can I get thirty? Here's the thing. I could rip 20, I think, in, like, the first 30 seconds. For sure. And then spend the last 30 seconds like, naming, uh, like, five. Uh, yeah, okay. I think I could get pretty – I think I get, like, 30. Really? I mean, I'd you, hope so. I'm big, not very educated. I would say you're a big president's no, guru. <laughs> no, but I feel like if you're – you know, if you went, if you got any sort of education in this country, it's part of the zeitgeist, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, there's a few, like – like, in 20 years when you, like, name all the Broncos coaches – there's like the Nathaniel Hackett that most people are gonna. Well, they might remember him just because oh, we'll he was so infamous. We will remember. But it's there, there's a few in there from a long time ago that that nobody ever talks about that I think I'd I'd definitely miss. How many? Uh, did, now I'm gonna have to go home and do this. Yeah, That's I know. Right. I know. To, or maybe we'll do it later in the show. We'll find. We'll find no, out. Maybe the last I, segment. You don't want to be intellectually exposed. Yeah, I will get. I will get. Everybody will be mad at me. That's all right. They're, we're already mad at you. So <laughs> yeah. well, we're glad you're in here and and happy that you're rocking with us. Good morning. Happy Monday. We're doing it again. Here's the good news, okay? We're about to get some awesome weather this week. The weather this week is supposed to be in, like, the 60s for, like, I think up until Thursday, which signed me up for after the cold we've had here over the last couple of weeks. So looking forward to that and looking forward to getting into all of this with you. We have a a, a jam-packed show. We have to start on the ice yesterday where the Avalanche got back into action after the six-game road trip following their all-star break. Went so terribly. They went 1-4-1 and one on the road. They lost in bad fashion to some really good teams in what is more or less, John, representative of playoff hockey. Mm-hmm. So you get home. Typically the first game off a big roadie like that's a challenge. You know what I mean? Gearing it back up at home. And it was again yesterday. 4 o'clock puck drop against the Coyotes. They end up winning 4-3, to three, so they do kind of get a little home cooking there, but it wasn't it wasn't the easiest win. It was definitely a little shaky there. Coyotes came back and tied it 3 to 3. Uh they took the lead rather 3 to 2. Avs tied it 3 to 3 at the end of the second period and then Devon Taves, I think it was about 7 minutes left to go in the third period ends up potting the winner. Big one for the Avs. Arizona had lost 8 straight coming in. 
you can't drop that type of a game. And it was a little shaky there down the stretch, I thought. Yeah, well, and considering the last time they played the Coyotes, I think they blew like a five-goal lead. Yeah. And then, no, it was yesterday's game. You're right. It was, I think for the Avalanche, it was a let's get a win however we can get a win, given where everything's been. It wasn't perfect. They continue this weird trend that drives me crazy where they can't sustain momentum. Right. They, they get a one-goal lead and immediately lose that one-goal lead. But finally, by about once they tied it 3-3, because they kind of went reverse. They lost the lead and then immediately tied it. McKinnon was getting that puck in the net <laughs> if it was the last thing he did. 100%. He was down there jamming, just jamming. jamming there, just jamming home. In there. But, and then th- there was that odd thing in the third period where they both scored and had it called back. Oh, yeah. There were three <laughs> different goal challenges. that You almost never see that in one game. Yeah, and it was, it was offsides. But for the Avalanche, what I liked is late in the game, for the first time in a while, I saw them just settle down. Mm. It wasn't this, we either look disinterested or we look like the most interested team in the world. It was more this just steady effort out of them. And, uh, yeah, it, the Coyotes, again, you didn't beat the, uh, you know, you didn't beat the late 90s Red Wings yesterday. Sure, but but sure. they needed a win. Yeah. They need to overcome some adversity because they've been on the, the, the wrong side of that a lot recently. Quality win, but they got to build on it. Defensive breakdowns are still there. Goaltending's still there. But overall, we'll take it. Yeah, we will take it because this is a team that just needs to start stacking them to build a little confidence again. Now, does it alleviate my concerns about how poorly they've been playing on the road lately or what this team might look like for playoff hockey? Not really. But it is important to stop the bleeding. I mean, for the Avs, there was a stretch there where, I mean, they'd lost four in a row. That never happens, right? I mean, that never happens, not for this club. So especially with the level that they've ascended to, I like the fact yesterday that even though you didn't get the best performances out of Kale and Devon Taves, and Taves did score the winner, but outside of that, I thought those two guys, again, for about the, I don't know, fourth or fifth game straight, just defensively weren't dialed in like they, like they really normally are. Jack Johnson was great last night. He was a plus three. He had a goal and an assist. In 12 minutes of ice time, you'll take that every day of the week. And that's why I always give, you know, kind of these Gen Z Avs fans a hard time because that's a playoff player, Jack Johnson. Yes. Heavy guy, right? He makes a difference in the playoffs. And good to see him contribute. You got a goal from Ross Colton last night. McKinnon last night was sensational. He had a golden assist, nine shots in 23-33 of ice time. Here's the thing about Nate. If he's not careful, he could lose the grip on the MVP race. Yeah, it's it's uh the the hot streak, and, and I don't mean that necessarily points and everything. Just the effectiveness is worn down a little bit Feels since like he's the All Star break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's part of that too. Is I'm not a oh no excuses, but there are reasons that I mean you want to talk about the schedule makers doing a team no favors mm. <laughs> coming out on a two week road trip, East Coast swing that didn't help him. He probably is tired. You made the point. You know, you you come off first game home after a long road trip. Yeah. But I did see there was a point last night, and it might have been after they tied it 2-2, two to two, where the pace picked up, and there seemed to be a lot more urgency, specifically McKinnon. Uh, they're still brutal on the power play brutal. right now, which has been, I think they're, they're like missing, one of 19 well, we know or why. something. Yeah. We know why. Yeah, we, we, they're we know why. Now. And they've got to find a way. I've liked Lekkonen since he's yeah. come back. I think he's been contributing a lot. Agreed. And he's helping getting kind of to your point. Lekkonen's helping getting production outside of the big three because at some point it felt like the tape was out that if you could survive the Ranton and McKinnon points, 
this team had nothing else for you. Well, that is that is the book on them right now, and they are still working to make sure that that isn't the case come playoffs. Now, I don't know if they're ever going to get there. But I will just say it's encouraging that you're getting some more contributions. Now, that being said, you to use your word, is it sustainable? Right. I don't know. I don't know about that right now. And I would wager that it's not. And even though you get that win, I just don't know that you can rely on some of these guys. Now, they're missing Logan O'Connor. They're missing Gabriel Landeskog, as we know, who, by the way, skated over the weekend. And there was a report. Uh, over the weekend that they're optimistic, at least getting a little bit more hopeful that he could rejoin action in the playoffs. I just, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to expect it from him. The bigger one is Nachushkin right now. Yes. He was leading the league in power play goals when he left for the player and assistance he's still, program. He's still like, right up there. he's still right up there and he hasn't played in weeks. It's, 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 it's a problem. Those are two guys. Those are your Clydesdales on the wing that back check, they forecheck, they get into the grease series, their net front presences. And, and like I said, the back check's important because Devon and Kale have a lot on their plate. So you get those two guys providing support for their defensemen. It makes a significant impact in your own defensive zone. I mentioned McKinnon had nine shots uh, on goal last night. The nine shots on net from the slot. He had more attempts than he did shots on goal. The nine shots on net from the slot ties the most by any player in a game this season. So he was buzzing last night, and he's still having to carry the lion's share for the the time being. Yeah, and that's what it was. This team... Last night, when I talk about he was going to get that puck in the net. I mean, if anybody hasn't seen the replay, go watch it. He's literally just, like, shoving it into the net. But with that said, that was a point, as we know, and some people may not know, McKinnon is maniacal like Kobe and Michael and Brady and all of them. And last night, we saw him start to be like, okay, now I got to will this team back to where they need to be. The sustainability of it, we'll see. But to your point, too, with Nachushkin not being there, helping out the defensemen, a lot of these goals are given up. For one, they they have a hard time with the quick defensive breakdown, yeah. the goaltending yeah. with that. Yeah. But two, the second effort, the the, the rebound no, from the other team is causing yeah, a problem, it's a problem. Too. Yeah, they're giving up way too many good looks from the slot themselves. That's a really astute point you bring up there. We'll get into the abs, certainly, as the morning goes on. Any thoughts and comments about where they're at, we'll take them. 303-713-1043 on the RamosLaw.com text line. They do get back onto the right track and they've got six of their next nine at home, so hopefully can start to build some momentum. On the other side, the NBA has an all-star weekend problem. We'll figure out the nitty-gritty of it next. Happy President's Day, Denver. In for Schlereth and Evans this morning, here's Matt Smith and John Davis. Today, President's Day, everybody is off. The lineup today is going to be Johnny and I, and then Dan Jacobs in for Josh and Stoke. Then we got Kyle and no Sean in for Zach and Phil. And that'll round out President's Day, and then everybody will be back to business tomorrow. But we're glad you're locked in with us. Join in on the RamosLaw.com text line, 303-713-1043. This one was waiting for us when we got in here. Good morning, guys. I have a question. What is worse than the NBA All-Star Game or the NFL Pro Bowl? In my opinion, they need to stop these All-Star Games. These All-Stars don't play the game the right way, and that's the reason I don't watch because it's so watered down. We fans understand these athletes don't want to get hurt, but come on, at least try SMH. Shaking my head. (laughs) He's he's not wrong. He's not wrong. 
Yeah, well, the, the Pro Bowl, <clears throat> I think, is a little... Well, the, don't leave out the NHL All-Star game. If you watch that, that was... <laughs> I thought it was actually competitive this year because they made an effort to make it competitive. For the skills competition, Connor McDavid met with the league, and they figured out how to revamp it. They put a million-dollar prize money on the line, and they got the best players to compete. Except for Nikita Kucherov. Who was significant. Yeah, I, I mean, I watch the NHL also game. It was better. There still was kind of some half speed. Oh, for sure. But It, it was better than what we watched last night, though. There's no yeah, question. Last night, I just, it's... The, and this whole weekend, for that matter. The All-Star weekend is, uh, the NBA's got a problem here. Sabrina and Steph was cool. Yeah. But it was quick, which which made it, um, which was nice. Get rid of the skills competition. Is it, that where you're at here? It, it looks like dodgeball. Right. I mean, it's a joke. <laughs> it's, you mean the skills challenge? The skills challenge, excuse me. Yeah, that. well, they went overboard this year. What They're, were they doing? They played it. So what happened is they played it at Lucas Oil Field where the Colts played. Right. So they could use this brand-new state-of-the-art, like, computer screen the court. LED floor? Yeah, it's like some sort of glass floor. And you could see when you were watching, they are, like, little squares next to each other. Yeah. Which ended up making it look like you were watching the, you know, three-point contest at Hakkasan or something like It's like some, you know, at EDC dance, or dance some revolution. rave. Yeah, it was, it was awful. It was like a lime green floor. You could barely see anything. I, I wasn't a fan of All-Star Saturday Night, although the numbers came in. And over the last four years, it was the most watched All-Star Saturday Night. They had like 10.4 million new unique viewers. So I, I think a little bit of that had to do with Sabrina. You probably drew in more of the WNBA audience with that, with having Sabrina Ionescu in there. But I, I think you bring that up first because it was fresh. It was new, right? It was fresh, and there's something about it was actually it was competition that we normally wouldn't see. Sure. They provided a unique, hey, I've never seen this before. So fresh and new. Yeah, fresh and new, and it's... <laughs> And I, I honestly didn't mind the three-point contest. Yeah, um, I, I thought it was I, fine. I, I thought that was fine. Um, My biggest gripe is you just couldn't see it because of the floor. The lime green yeah, was yeah, awful. The floor, yeah. the floor was weird, and because uh, that one had stars, you saw the stars show out for it. So I was fine with that. The dunk contest. Well, it's on life support. I mean, it's it's on it's, hospice care, not life support. I think people also have this romanticized kind of misremembering of the dunk contest growing up. Really? Okay. The stars don't do it. The stars never did it. Kobe, Kobe did it once. Jordan did it in the eight. Jordan and Dominique. They all did it once. Kobe and Vince Carter. Up until who? That Vince Carter was like the last one. Because of LeBron. It was LeBron's yeah. fault. Well, the dunk the I'm serious. The reason the dunk contest is the way it is now is it's LeBron's fault. It was a tradition. It was a rite of passage. And LeBron chose never to do it. There were years. Now that's true. You had like Sean Kemp and D Brown, but I mean Harold Minor won it twice. Sure, J.R. Ryder, hey, Cedric Sabalos, Cedric Sabalos. But there, there were a lot of years where it wasn't. But what happened was Kobe did it, mm -hmm. and Iverson dropped out that year. Mm -hmm. he was, Iverson was supposed to do it, and then they got rid of it for like four years. And then when they came back, Vince Carter did it. Right, in 2000. And then, and then yeah, and then nobody... They got rid of it for four years? Yeah, 97 to like 2001, they didn't have it. So that's also a problem, is that it didn't... I gotta, I gotta check. Okay, now now you're getting me thinking. I, yeah, I, I remember this that, now. That's another thing, is they, they stopped the momentum of the dunk contest also. But to your point, is it on life support? 
Yeah, because do we care? You're right. I think it was only I think it was only two years though. In '98, the dunk contest was replaced. '98, '99. Yeah, yeah. It was replaced with the WNBA NBA two ball contest. Gosh, I don't even remember that. And then in '99, there was no All Star game due to the lockout, and then they brought it back. So it was just two years. Yeah, but you're right. You're right. I I, I just nobody wants. To, Okay, maybe Mac McClung. I, I had this argument with Kyle yesterday on our Sunday show, uh, seven to tens on uh, seven to ten on Sunday mornings. Kyle said Mac McClung put on a show last year. I'm like, did he? I mean, does do we want to be watching Mac McClung in the dunk? I, I right, the reason right. I'm watching the dunk contest is for the stars, and I'll give Jalen Brown from the Celtics credit. At least he did it. Right. I mean, at least he did it. Even if he lo- even if he lost, even if he looked bad, at least he did it. And look, it, he was not great. I mean, he threw down some very mediocre His dunks. D Brown. After Doing after he finished the dunk, the dunk was... that was brutal. But, but they but they have a problem because the All Star Game used to be an opportunity where players from the East and players from the West who didn't know each other growing up. It wasn't like AAU culture That's is the now. Problem now is they all know they all know each other. So you didn't have many chances other than the several matchups every year to actually compete against each other. So this was your avenue, and we didn't have social media. You know, we had the All Star Game, and that was appointment television. But now I feel like it's really oversaturated, and these guys have relationships. In the past, these guys didn't know each other, right? right. That's why there was, hey, let me take. I want you one on one, right? Like I'll get you one on one on this end, then coming back, you get it. I'll take defense and it kind of rotated like that it was never uber competitive first quarter through fourth quarter but there was a time when the third and the the fourth quarter yeah the game itself it was never competitive but there was a time when the third and fourth quarter that was competitive and guys did play defense it's just such a sham and and now fallen so far I was thinking about this is there a fix here no, and so you you kind of just got to keep doing it like this, or you got to get rid of it, which they're not going to do. They're they're not going to get rid no. of the all star. No, game. of course not. They're no. not. And it's for one, you're right. It's a competition. I think like I was listening to a uh, Dwayne Wade's podcast with Mello. Oh God! And the, I bet you learned a lot about uh, the Nuggets, dude. It's, it's, <laughs> I actually, if we get to it today, I have an idea for the Carmelo thing going on. But um, listening to them, and I knew this. Dwayne Wade, they knew each other. These guys, like, to your point, they all knew each other. Mm-hmm. By the time they got to the pros, they knew of each other. I think it's that. I think everybody's friends, which I actually don't hate seeing certain guys get along for the first time. But I also think there's an element, I think, ring culture in the NBA is playing a larger part now, which is guys really don't want to get hurt. We're already seeing load management. I don't know about ring culture. I think it's dollar culture. Do- These guys are now getting paid so much money. I mean, they're, they represent enormous investments for their respective organizations. Well, that, that's it, too. There's a I – mean, for one, LeBron in the first half last night looked like he was playing in the NBA Finals. Like he I wasn't know. He coming was going, out of yeah, the game. He was going he for it. Yeah, he was going but for it. But that's the thing is there's it, – it's a risk-reward thing. Yeah. It's an exhibition. Why get hurt? Dante, what 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 would you want to add there? I have I have staff for you. Okay, the, yeah, uh, hit me, buddy. On the dunk contest, so you said LeBron James, which I hate. I hate defending LeBron James, but I'm going to here. Um, so from '91 to 2004, how many All Stars do you think participated in the? It's a great uh, question. Dunk contest. Great question. There was probably six to eight guys every year. It used to be a more robust. I would say. And keep in mind, so I would 13 say years, but yeah, two yeah. of those years were. Not a dunk. Right, right. right. What, what was it, 91? 91 to 2004. So that's so. post-Michael and Dominique. No, 91 is... is. Did Michael do it after 91? Now I can't no, remember. He, well, no, yeah, he only did it, what, 80, 88? He did it in the 80s. Yeah, yeah, yeah Sean, I mean, Sean, Sean Kemp did it. All right, so I'll go with... I'm going to go four with... Four or five? Ten, yeah, I'm going to... Yeah, I was going to say six to eight. Uh, four. 
Yeah. Sean Kemp, Vince Carter, Stackhouse, and Steve Francis. But the rest of them were in the league. Right? I mean, yeah, they were in G League, McCoy. guys. We had two G League players last oh, night. Oh, yeah, but I yeah. was going more for the LeBron was the first guy to never do it. There was no All-Stars were doing well, it. Well, here's the thing, too, though. At the period. time, Kobe, I don't think, was an All-Star his rookie year no, when he did no. it. And that was another point about this. It used to also be a time for rookies, to, younger guys to kind of make a name for themselves. Exactly. Younger guys the to make up, a splash. Who's got next? Yeah. You're in the dunk. I, I, I totally agree. And so, Dante, I think that's an astute point you bring up, but I, I would just say that you don't have to be an all-star, but Michael did it, Vince did it, Dominique did it. Like, there was a – T-Mac did it. There were there was a pattern – Jason Richardson. There was a pattern of the NBA's highest flyers. Like, like early 2000s, there weren't a ton of different guys who could really throw down in the dunk contest and compete with a few of the top-level guys. Now you got – I mean, you go any team, you got four or five. Point is, is, is the dudes like Michael, Dominique, right – even Vince Carter for his time, Kobe, they all did it one time. I'm not saying that he, LeBron had to do it several years, but you had to at least participate in the tradition. And in my opinion, because he didn't, guys after that were like, eh, well, we don't really have to. It's not really that cool. LeBron didn't do it. It's not that cool. Like, Andrew Wiggins didn't do it. What are we talking about? Zion Williamson didn't do it. Like, those are guys that I would love to see because they're just electric athletes. Now, Levine and Gordon did it. We were treated to one of the best dunk contests of all time. And, and nobody's done it since. And right. one year, and, and somebody might have to look this up, during the dunk contest, watching from the side, LeBron said, I'm going to do it next year. And then he didn't. I know. And so that was another thing. That we I don't care like, if he would have slept walk to a win. You still got to at least right. wear but, the badge. To your point, like Jason Tatum, I mean, when he goes to the hoop, he goes, I mean, he's thunder. He, he, <laughs> unless he hangs on the rim with the Nuggets and then loses. But, there, yo, there's a lot of guys that, that I, I agree with you could. Yeah. So sweet. It's on the NBA to make give them a reason to do it. Coming up next is the Morning Brew. Matt Smith and John Davis in for Mike and Mark this morning on Denver Sports Station 104 through the fan. It's time for your Morning Brew. Grab a cup of joe and get caught up on everything you need to know. Here's Schlereth and Evans. Matt Smith and John Davis in for Mike and Mark this morning. It is President's Day. Happy President's Day. If you got the day off, enjoy it. If you're still out there grinding like us, we appreciate you tuning in. And make sure you're joining in throughout the course of the morning on the RamosLaw.com text line, 303-713-1043. First up in the brew, the Avs back in action and back in the win column. Jared Bednar says it's a welcome relief. Yeah, I mean, I liked the game in a lot of ways for us to get the results huge. You know, I think whenever you're coming off of a crappy road trip and you get to, you're digging in and guys are playing hard, very competitive tonight, I thought, and especially in some of the areas that we talked about five on five and you, you want to get results and it was it was tough sledding at times because we gave up a couple really good chances and a couple goals they get the power play goal early but I didn't think our mindset changed much you know when it came to the work that we had to do in order to win the hockey game it was definitely a close game but my feeling is they're kind of going through the exact same thing we were right like they were going to be digging in and paying attention to all the things that they need to to have success as well and it's a good hockey team they've given us trouble John, the Avs have six of their next nine at home. But what I'm curious about from your perspective is more big picture. We saw a very similar team last year. Now, there have been definitely some changes with the faces and the names. But the structure of the team and the way they're driven is primarily by Nathan McKinnon. 
Do you have concerns that once we get to the playoffs eventually, they got, I think, 26 games left now, that it will be the same team we saw last year based upon the struggles that they've had this season? Uh, yeah, um, I, that, that is a concern of mine for one. I don't know if Val is coming back. Right. And this isn't a team. This whole year, we never really got everybody. Like, we never got Lekkanen and Val mm. both playing right. with the Avalanche at one time. And this isn't the team that won the Stanley Cup that had a luxury of talent mm -hmm. that was just so overwhelming with talent. Somebody that was a threat was on the ice at the whole the whole time. Right. We, we've talked about it earlier. Teams have learned just survive just survive those those McKinnon uh Randon minutes yeah with the with the goals and then you can get past it so no I'm very concerned about that playoff hockey ramps up when it when it when it gets to the postseason the other problem I have with the avalanche is coming from behind can't be a strategy mm. for a long time yeah and they've relied on that way too much this year is to come from behind that cannot be a strategy their inabilities to sustain momentum it was a problem three years ago with the Golden Knights where they score and then the other team scores immediately. So there's a lot of those habits that really I haven't seen get fixed. So yes, to answer your question, I'm concerned that we're going to see a repeat of last year. They lost four, but they've won two of their last three. They play Vancouver on Tuesday, then Thursday in Detroit, Saturday home to Toronto, and then Tuesday home to Dallas. So this will be a test of wills once again this week, but at least you got three of four at home. Next up in the brew... Larry Bird had some high praise for Nikola Jokic. Jokic. I would love to play against him. <laughs> <laughs> He's good. He's yeah, good, right? He's good. There's so many great centers over the history of our game. Man, is he good. I just hope he stays healthy and able to continue to do what he does because he is fun to watch. Probably yep. more so than by the league. They used to be the, when the Golden State was healthy, they were really fun to watch. Now I switched over to Denver. He makes that whole thing go. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't he be fun to play with? Oh, man. God. You'll notice the difference in tone that the Nuggets are referred to in by legends, by contemporaries, by peers, now that they've won a championship. No, it's I, that's so funny you mentioned that. While we were listening, to that, I was like, we're listening to Larry Bird right. praise the Denver Nuggets. Prior to this year, I'm not sure if I ever heard Larry Bird talk about the Denver <laughs> Nuggets in his entire life. Right. And to get there to where we've got a guy, you know, we're to the point now to where the ones that know, know. Mm. And that when they watch Nikola Jokic, they're thinking, man, if I played with that guy, how many championships would I have won? No question. What, and I think what somebody like Larry, a shooter, mm. would love is this guy would have got me the ball. Yeah, and I would have mine with him. Those Celtics teams, they were unselfish, right? Larry was a great passer, too. Yep. So I love the fact that Larry said, God, I would have loved to compete against this guy, but I also would have loved to play with him because he makes the game so much easier. You also heard in there, it used to be the Warriors. We're well aware that that, is a, that dynasty has been left for dead, right? Yeah. Their time in the sun it's, has come and gone. It was shot, not shocking, but it hit me last night. I was like, Steph's a reserve. Right, he's not even a starter. Game. That was weird. It was super weird. <laughs> it was weird. Super weird. Next up in the brew, the NBA's got an all-star problem, and after meeting with the players to make sure that they, you know, gave it the old college try this year, that's not what they got, and Adam Silver afterwards was none too pleased. And to the Eastern Conference All-Stars, you scored the most points. Well, congratulations. <laughs> one, more, one more time. And to the Eastern Conference All-Stars, you scored the most points. Well, 
Congratulations. The ironic part here is the NBA is making money hand over fist, but Adam Silver recognizes this is not the product that fans want to see. The problem here is, is I'm not sure how you incentivize guys who have, you know, $300 million in career earnings to actually play harder. It's not like the NHL where you can put a million dollars on the line for the skills competition and then get the best players to show up because their contracts are peanuts. The, you know, the most a guy in the NHL is making per year is $13 million. In the in the NBA, I mean, you're making $50, $60 million a year. The sixth man is making $13 million. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's it's... And that that's the point is, and we said it earlier, this isn't great, but they've tried fixing it. They've tried picking teams. Mm-hmm. They, they've tried all kinds of different gimmicks. This year they went back to East and West. This kind of just is what it is. It's A lot of these guys probably don't even want to be there, to be honest. Jokic, Jokic sure as hell didn't. Jokic, no. Jokic, yeah. but I, I don't know if you can fix it. This is just kind of the way it has to be. Um, I liked a few years ago where they did the thing where, like, the points in one quarter matter. I, I have no idea how to fix it, but... They're not going to get rid of it because you mean to tell me I could pay whatever for a ticket and see LeBron and see Durant and see Jokic and see Dame and see Steph and Giannis. And it football's the biggest sport. Basketball builds the best stars. And they're not going to get rid of a, a, a situation where you have all of them in one no, place. No, definitely not. The next two years, the All-Star Game will be in California. Next year, the Bay Area, the Chase Center, and then the year after that. I don't even know what the brand new Clippers arena is called. Do you know, Dante? The Clippers yeah. have their own arena? They're Well, the, the 11,000 toilets that Steve Ballmer oh, was right. screaming about. You don't remember that's that? Right. Yeah, that's I opening in a couple that. of years. Hey, on the other side, looks like there might be a for sale sign up in the old homestead. Uh, we'll tell you who's next. Happy President's Day, Denver. In for Schlereth and Evans this morning, here's Matt Smith and John Davis. Monday. Happy President's Day. Let's get after it, huh? Thanks for locking in. Matt Smith and John Davis in for Mike and Mark this morning. Boys will be back tomorrow. Everybody is actually off today for the holiday. We hope you are. And if you're not, thanks for being here with us. Well, we teased it at the end of the last segment, but there is uh, not quite a for sale sign up in the old homestead because it's not officially on the market. But the reports late Friday and then over the weekend Russ and Sierra privately shopping their mansion. Yeah, it's uh, another hint towards what we all know is inevitable. But it, I, how do you go about, and I get that it's not on the market privately shopping, but that's probably, how else do you sell a $25 million? <laughs> you don't just put for sale sign in front of a $25 million. 100%. 100%. Like, and if we remember about the house. They set a Denver area market record by $9 million when they bought it. It's not like, oh, okay, you know, they set a record by a million. No, 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 $9 million. I don't know if they're going to get every dollar out of the house. They I'm not sure. Yeah, the, the record they set is another extremely expensive mansion. 100%. <laughs> is, is, 100%. The, is the difference. Well, well, we'll remember here, it's on five acres, but it's only got four bathrooms. Excuse me, it only has four bedrooms, but it does have 12 bathrooms. That's right. The ratio is completely off here. It's, I mean, it's completely off. <laughs> I know, you got to I, I don't know why you would need any of that. It goes to show, for one, the size of that house. And I think the bigger picture is, again, the house is being privately shopped. We don't know officially Russ isn't going to be here next year. But I, everything, mm. there's no reason to think mm. he will be back next year. It shows with that house they bought, they planned on being here for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was not a purchase you would make if you thought you'd be gone in 23 months. Mm-hmm. So it just goes to show that this has been 
I think one of the most, again, using the word shocking with anything with sports is a little silly, but the fact that this Russell Wilson and Denver thing went as poorly as it did, you could point fingers at whoever you want, is it's just wild that they ended up in a worse position than when they got him. Man, I just... I- it's funny to see how things have gone, and it's not funny because it's putting the Broncos in a really bad spot here, especially moving forward. Both Russ and the Broncos have come out looking worse. Did we ever think in two years when he when he got traded this would be the way it went and that it would be over after two years? Never. Not Never. I mean, come on. That's nuts. But for Russ, I mean, Russ was there at All-Star last night. Did you see? I saw his, uh, his Steph Curry was helping his son Future yep. uh, shoot the ball. Yeah, I did And then see Russ that. had to be, like, kind of escorted to the side by security. Please, sir, don't stand there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I'll tell you, Russ is almost unrecognizable with the buzz cut. Like, unless you oh. know who it is, he's got the buzz cut. He really, I mean, he's got, like, the military Kevin Federline, you know, in the, uh, buzz in cut. The, in the video with Steph shooting hoops with his kid, I, I didn't know who he was. Exactly. Russ. And then I was like, oh, there he is. Oh, there's Russ. But, yeah, oh, you're right. Russ. They're like, they're, they're shoving him off. I know they're like shoving, but they're they're keeping him off the court. I just, I, 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 man, it's been so bad and it went so poorly. This is clearly an indication that, that they are thinking about the next chapter. I think it's interesting if, if we want to think about where the quote unquote leak that he's privately shopping the house came from. I mean, yeah. Okay. You could, think that it might come from a different broker, right? You probably call some other brokers with some high-priced clientele, and then somebody leaks it. Or Team 3 goes, yeah, no, no, we're accepting offers privately on our Colorado home because that's how it was reported, accepting offers. It doesn't mean that they're getting offers. It means that they're open to taking your offer because I'm not exactly sure how many offers they're getting on this place. That's an interesting point. Is this the, this is the, I've been doing sports media for about six years now. This is the first real estate leak. Right. <laughs> that I can ever right. The people biggest Denver leaking. real estate league of all time. People are leaking real estate information. Oh yeah. This definitely came from team three. They're, tra- I, I don't know who, who's in the, who's actively sitting around like, we got to get a $25 million home. but yeah, It's going to just... be $10 million more than any other house on the block, so it'll definitely hold its value. Yeah, where are we going to find this? And then, oh, oh, <laughs> I was reading the news today. That's we're, right. We're in luck. We are in luck. <laughs> Wait, guys, is, uh, is the house kind of a metaphor for Russell Wilson? Just really expensive and lavish, but, I mean, it's only got four bedrooms, kind of empty. Is well, that what I you're mean, talking about? Both looking for some offers here to get out of town. Yeah, I think mean, likely not getting offers on either. Maybe of them. it's interesting actually that you bring that up. Um, there was a report, I guess, by Jeremy Fowler of ESPN that over the weekend said that he talked to several teams who still believe he's a full time starter. There is a job for him somewhere. I love that. Somebody come trade for him. If that's the case, then please, someone come trade yeah, for him. Team three doesn't count as a team, by the way, in that league. <laughs> <laughs> Who's more likely to get an offer? The Wilsons on their house or the Broncos on Russell Wilson? Good question. The house. The house? I think Russ. I think Russ. I think Russ is probably more more likely to get an offer right away than the house. Oh, an offer. I thought you meant a trade offer. No, 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 no not trade. Interesting trades available. Yeah, yeah. Can and, I interest you in screen legend Anthony Bourdain's used T-shirt? <laughs> yeah, so Russ, Russ will end up, and I saw, we saw Tim Hasselbeck on Get Up. They even talked about on Get Up this morning. Uh-huh. Russ not being in the NFL next year. I can't imagine a situation where Russell Wilson's not in the NFL next year. Nobody's going to. I can't imagine it. it, it, it okay, so that is an interesting point, though, because Russ. Okay, why can you imagine it? 
I can imagine it because, well, let me say this. Under different circumstances, I could see it because you'd probably have to be paying that guy an exorbitant amount of money. Right. Now, if the Broncos designate him as a post-June 1 cut, you basically get a free quarterback. So for a team like Pittsburgh, Atlanta's in the conversation, certainly. And then uh, there was one other, uh, uh, the Raiders. The Raiders the, were in that Raiders, conversation. Yeah. Although the Raiders just beat him three times the last two years. why I, I, I have struggled to see them going down that road. Yeah, beat him pretty handily. Too. Exactly. He really struggled yeah. with it. That's the other thing with Russ is you get him cheap, and I understand that. For one, nobody's putting their – nobody's going to be like, Russ, what do you want us to do with the offense? They're going to be like, Russ, this is what we're doing. Uh-huh. The other thing is he's not a distraction distraction, but he is somewhat of a distraction. He can't afford to be anymore. He can't. He, he can't. I mean, he can't afford to be anymore. Like, I hear you, but we saw it this year. The, all the crap that comes with the Team 3 and all that stuff. and I mean, he got rid – to his credit, he asked most of that this year. So he did – he humbled himself. There's I, evidence yeah. here that he'll 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 be a team. He'll play ball when it comes to those types of things. He at least acquiesced to a lot of what was asked of him, which I give him credit for because it's a complete shift in identity. Now, it was because he was trying to salvage his career, so we also understand that. But he still did it. So I think that in the evolution of Russell Wilson late stages in his career, he's clearly a bridge option. He's clearly a short-term option. Pittsburgh, to me, makes the most sense for us. Justin Fields makes the most sense for Atlanta to me. That's where he's from. He's a younger guy. They're a run-based offense. I agree I love on that f- with Fields. I, yeah. I love the fit there. But Pittsburgh also makes sense. He's a veteran guy. Tomlin doesn't want to you know, jeopardize for his— us. Yeah, for us. For and, us. And I think for Pittsburgh because he's a veteran guy, and, and Tomlin doesn't want to jeopardize his record of never having a losing season. The, Pittsburgh is, is the quintessential quarterback-away team. And I think if you're Pittsburgh, do you want to go down the Kenny Pickett road? Do you want to— Maybe move up in the draft. Probably not because they're not in a great spot. And they don't do that. They just that's just not how they work in Pittsburgh either. And they're going to get a quarterback for damn near nothing. And they're going to be able to build a team around him. Somebody's going to give it a shot. I would say that the Steelers are probably. And by the way, per DraftKings Sportsbook, they actually are the leading candidates to land Russell Wilson. The Broncos at over three to one. The Steelers are actually, I think, like. Um, I think it's like one to one and a half. So, I mean, the the, the favorite there is, is Pittsburgh. All right, when we come back, it's four down territory. Matt Smith and John Davis in for Mike and Mark on Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan.